Hey everybody, welcome to Bimbo Summit. It's, it's a podcast, it features Sarah and Izzy and me, and me, and it's about mysteries, I think. Um, <laughs> it's about confounding phenomena, mysteries, conspiracies, the unknown, the unexplored, the unexplained. For today's episode, Mom's going to tell us a story. <laughs> um, famously, Sarah's the mom, That's true. I'm the dad, and Dylan's the baby. Yeah. Izzy, I don't think you're the dad. <laughs> well, I don't think Dylan's the dad either. That's true. I am not the dad. Uh, well, unspoken request is our our father that's pod because they birthed us. They're technically our father. So that Sarah's yeah. the mom, unspoken request is the dad, and Dylan and I are the babies. <laughs> and Gulch Pod is our cousins who know a lot more about birds than we do. <laughs> they know a lot about birds. They do. They know a lot about it's, birds. It's kind of amazing. Today, my little children, my beautiful chickadees, my sweet little babies, we're talking about the Winchester Mystery House. Dylan's never heard of it. Izzy is vaguely aware of it. Let me tell you some stuff. Izzy, don't turn... You look like an unruly child with your head my down. My foot is really concerning <laughs> me. I mean, there's this one pustule that's just about to burst, and I'm really considering sticking an X-Acto in well, it. Well, if you're going to do it, then sterilize the X-Acto first. Yeah, heat it up on the stove till it's red. I didn't stick it in my mouth. Yeah, that's true. Or you can, you can, um... And then stick it in my mouth. If you want to really, truly sterilize it, get some rubbing alcohol, get some water, and boil it. Or bleach. Oh, God. Izzy, stop. Leave your foot alone. Sarah, I got, I got bit by a bug on your wedding day, and it mm-hmm. still hasn't recovered. Whoa. What has it recovered? <laughs> when you say like, it. there's still bite, there's still bug bites on my. Get toe. your foot closer to the camera, since I am your doctor. You can't really see, but there's like I can't. We take like a high res photo and send it to me later, so I can diagnose Here, you. Here, I'll send it to you right now. It's really disgusting. The listeners can hear that foot. <laughs> that foot is loud. I have O blood, and me too. You have O? The reason we know that, you know, the reason we know our blood type is because my mom tested our blood when we were kids. You're O negative and I'm O positive. Oh my God, my foot looks really disgusting. And it's out of focus, but, um. (laughs) You sent me a blurry foot pic. (laughs) (laughs) Can you guys help me diagnose what this is? Yeah, I love diagnosing people. Well, I have, I have O whatever and, and insects, um, love my blood and I am, get so itchy, like. I've had to wrap my legs in bandages to keep myself from scratching open wounds in the middle of my sleep when I lived in Indiana. When you say it hasn't healed, do you mean that it's still itchy? It's still itchy, and then it'll, like, it'll, like, pus will fill up in it, and then I pop it. Sounds like herpes. On my foot from your wedding? (laughs) You're saying I got herpes on my foot at your wedding. (laughs) Yeah, I'll, I mean, I will look into this for you and, and screen the worst parts so that I'm not okay. telling you, I'm not showing you like Great. pictures of abscesses. Well, next episode, maybe Sarah will have diagnosed what's wrong with my foot, which uh, occurred at her wedding. <laughs> the, there's now my onus to fix the problem. <laughs> um, yeah, our next episode can be the mystery of what's going on with your toe. Sarah, I don't believe that you're O because you don't have these same, problem, same problems I, no, I have. No, bugs, bugs do bite me. What do you have, Dylan? What is it's that? A- it's my boy. <laughs> That's the creepiest little boy doll I've ever seen. Why is he wearing it's a caftan? Ger- He's German. He looks German. No wonder I didn't fucking trust He's him. He's from the Puppen family. 
toy. Oh god, it just bursted everywhere. Okay, I'm so sorry. I gotta go. <laughs> I gotta go sterilize my foot. I'll be right back. <laughs> go sterilize your foot. I just want to like talk about our sponsor for a second. Mm-hmm. Like Summer of Gloves sent the most amazing glove, and I didn't even think I needed it. Like yes, okay, yes, they sponsored this podcast, but, but. When I got my first Summer of Glove box in the mail, I thought, I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to like this. And then all of a sudden, here's one really long purple opera glove. And I thought, what am I going to do with this? It's, it's, it's been about six weeks now. I wear that glove every day. And it helps me feel special, especially in like this time where the world's so crazy. I can't wait to see what glove they send me next. When I first got my Summer of Club subscription box, I thought, I don't need a glove full of sand. And the next thing you know, I'm using it daily. I took the Summer of Glove quiz and I really didn't know what to expect. How could they possibly know what kind of glove I need based on this like quiz about my like basic preferences? Like seriously, you guys, like one of the things on there is like what scent of candle you prefer. <laughs> That's crazy. They sent me this glove and it's like, have you seen Drive? With Ryan Gosling? Uh, of course. Many times. It's like that glove, but it's just the left hand, and I thought, this is useless. I don't have a car. Also, if I did have a car, I would drive with my right hand. Anyway, I start wearing this glove, and it's changed my life. I have so much more confidence. My hands stop twitching. I can can live like I used to live, you know? Get the glove you need. Shop now and spread the glove at summerofglove.biz. William Wirt Winchester, founder of Winchester Rifles. Are you aware of, of um, his work? I know what a rifle is. They make the ZR-21 uh, re- repeater with the hot bullets. <laughs> and they also make... Uh, I'm sorry, what are hot bullets? Uh, they're like regular bullets, but hot, Sarah. I'm glad you asked. They're hotter Aren't than... Aren't they all hot? No, they're, these are very hot. They're hot. Uh-huh. They're like if they hit you, you're like, oh, that burns. And then they, <laughs> they also make the, uh, the Coolidge... Which is like a, it's like a, it's like a gun, but it's totally a square, and it's named after <laughs> the U.S. President Calvin Coolidge. Thank you for that valuable input. I, you know, I didn't find that in my research. Mr. William Wirt Winchester died of tuberculosis. Um, their infant baby died of something that, surprisingly, as a person who looks up like weird diseases all the time, I had never heard of called marasmus, which is like just a wasting disease where you slowly lose all your weight and die. Like, I don't think people totally understand what it is. Like thinner, like the book thinner. Like thinner. Yeah. 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 Like you just kind of slowly waste away and there's apparently nothing that can be done to stop it. So her husband died, her baby died. They both died of like, you know, very Victorian, like wasting diseases. So she probably had to like watch them die slowly. She was all fucked up and traumatized. She went to a psychic who told her to leave her house in New Haven, Connecticut. And, travel west and to start continuously building a house to escape the ghosts of people who had died from Winchester rifles. This is the story. I I should say this is all like extremely, extremely allegedly. So it is definitely true that her husband died of TB. It's definitely true that her baby died. A lot of Coolidge squares backfired. But yeah, the the part about the Coolidge squares uh, leading to a lot of ghosts, that part is modern conjecture. Hot bullets were too hot. They burn you up. 
another important thing to know about her is that she was extremely wealthy. She had inherited what today would be about $500 million, and she was still oh, a co-owner of the Winchester Company. So she was making about $26,000 per day in today money. Um, Holy shit. If it is true that she was building the mansion to escape the ghosts of people who had died from Winchester rifles, I I feel that that's like an exceedingly neo-lib thing to do, like to construct an elaborate mechanism to like absolve your own guilt while still continuously profit profiting off of like your own misdeeds. Like she still owned the company. Uh, but she was like, Oh, I feel so bad about this thing. That said, it, that may or may not be true that, uh, she, the, the ghost part is, you know, again, conjecture. Um, so let's talk about the house itself and what it looks like. It, uh, it's a place you can go visit now. Do you know what I mean when I say Queen Anne style? Is it like this? With filigree? <laughs> yes. Izzy is making a little triangle with her hands, and then she's saying, with filigree. And you know what, Izzy? That's pretty accurate. That's uh, it's a really good job for, like, if you were 12, I would be super proud of you. Um, a Queen Anne style house is like a, like a Victorian gingerbread house. Sort of like decorative elements that look sort of Victorian. It's usually a Queen Anne house. Um, Queen Anne bungalows traditionally have, like, a wraparound porch. But not always. Sometimes they just have a, a regular porch. This house has uh, pretty much everything. It has 160 rooms. She built it for 36 years. Not straight. Like, uh, apparently it was on and off. There was no architect. She would just hire builders to come and, like, do the thing, the, the specific thing she wanted done. And then she'd hire someone else to do something else. People just kind of did whatever. Um do you know about H.H. H. Holmes, the serial killer? Yeah. Yeah. Who made, like, the murder house in Chicago during the World's Fair. He, like, he would do this, too, where he would hire a bunch of different builders so that no one person, like, knew the whole layout of the house. She did that as well, although not so she could murder people. Apparently, it was part of the whole, like, let's confuse the ghosts plan. Like, if nobody knew the layout, then uh, it would be even more confusing for ghosts. Um, so at one point during her lifetime, it was seven stories high. But then after there was this big earthquake in 1906, uh, it got scaled back to four because some of the towers that were that made it seven stories high fell over. Um, it was built with something called a floating foundation, which also has like an interesting Chicago World's Fair connection. Floating foundations were designed around the time of the Chicago World's Fair by an architect who helped build the World's Fair. Um and they made it so that they could build stuff on, like, what was essentially marshland in Chicago. Like, it was way too wet to build on, but they were like, we got to develop. So they did this thing where you could, like, take all the dirt out of the ground, and then if you put, like, a foundation into the ground, um, but you didn't, like, attach it to its pylons, then if an earthquake came or if the ground was unstable because it was, like, too wet or whatever, the building wouldn't fall over. So the fact mm. that it has a floating foundation is probably the only reason why it still exists because obviously it's California and there have been a lot of earthquakes and it's a huge ass house. So, you know, chances are a lot of it would have been destroyed that's during super, one of those earthquakes. That's super disappointing. What's disappointing? Well, like I thought, I kind of thought like a floating foundation would be like your basement is just a pool, which is like <laughs> something I've thought about before. Like, you know, do you guys use your basements for anything? Mine's just full of like dead lizards and, Mm. And a broken washing machine. Yeah, like, same. How cool would it be if, like, you just filled it up with water and it was just a pool? You know, 
That's called living in Bloomington, Indiana during flood season. No, but like, you know... Have you not had a personal experience where your basement suddenly was a pool? Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. I've I've rafted in in one, but like, (laughs) I, I just mean like, you know, like a nice pool with like filters and lights and a ladder... You know? Yeah, like some cool underwater, those watery lights. Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah. sorry to derail. I just thought that no, I was sadly, really excited. Sadly, a floating foundation is like the pool is underneath the basement, uh, not in the basement. I know, it's a bummer. But it, I think it's like, it has something to do with if you take out the amount of weight in dirt and then replace it with that amount of weight in building... Mm. It will, like, stabilize the building. I don't know. I, like, tried to read about this, but I have dumb bitch disease. (laughs) Izzy, are you popping your toe goo again? No, I'm just looking at pictures of the Winchester Mystery House. I didn't realize how huge it was. It's 160 rooms. So. Well, it's not just tall. It's really wide. It looks like a city block. Yeah, it goes out really, really far. It's extremely sprawling. And so if you go inside, there are a bunch of, like, staircases and doors that don't lead anywhere. Like, you'll, you know, you'll go up a staircase and it'll just be, like, a blank wall or you'll open a door and there's, like, nothing on the other side. Um, That may or may not have been to confuse ghosts. Not totally clear. Uh, It had a repeating motif of 13s, like 13 columns, 13 banisters, you know, 13 window panes, uh, which may or may not have been, like, something that she did for supernatural reasons or or superstitious reasons. Um, Not totally clear. People say when they go there that it feels extremely haunted, and some of that is because there are all these ghost stories about the reason she built it was to escape ghosts. Um, There are lots of other people who say that, like, all the weird architectural fuck-ups are what makes it feel haunted. Like, um... Have you ever read The Haunting of Hill House, that Shirley Jackson book? No. It's about people who go to this house, which is like purported to be haunted, but part of what makes, and it's like not clear if the house is really haunted or if everything that's happening in the book is like happening in the characters' minds, but one of the scariest things about it is that the building has these like unnatural proportions, like things that on the inside look like they're 90 degrees look like something totally different on the outside. You know, none of the rooms are like quite right but it's really hard to put your finger on what's wrong about them and so people say that the winchester mystery house is like that too like the way that it's built so strangely really kind of unnerves you and unsettles you and that may be what feels so haunted about it just that you can't like trust your perspective because it's shifting yeah we had a friend you know we can edit this out but our friend sahar uh we had a friend who grew up in this house that kind of had this apparently it was like it was a really small house, like, right off of Ninth Street Park, and it was extremely normal-looking at first glance, but I guess the guy who owned it before them had, like, added all this weird stuff to it, and there was... I remember a part of the house where our friend's bedroom was up in the attic, but when you walked up the attic stairs, there was, like, a window in between floors, and if you looked out to the right, you could see this other part of the attic that also had a window, and she was like, yeah, like, we don't, there's no way to get into that part of the house. Like, there's no door that leads there, but there's a window into it. So there was just this, like, uh, part of the attic that was completely blocked oh off and God. inaccessible. And, like, that you gives know, me chills. God knows what was in there. So I think that's part of what makes the Winchester house so scary, is that your sense of proportion is, like, never quite right when you're there. Some of it is obvious. Like, of course, if you find a staircase and it leads to nowhere, that's scary. But I think some, you know, there are other, there are hidden rooms or like rooms in between rooms that you don't quite uh, consciously realize are there, but are probably messing with your sense of like proportion uh, and spatial awareness. 
Um, other things about the house and its layout. She These are just like decisions I find baffling. They're not creepy. She wanted to make the house completely outfitted with redwood, but she didn't like how redwood looked. Even though, you know, like redwood is beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know mm. what her problem was. So she had it all like stained and painted, which I think is extremely tasteless. Um, the house, when it was being built, she had like six or seven toilets hooked up for the um, builders, but then she had them all disconnected, and so the house only had one working toilet and shower. Um, they had like, you know, tons and tons, dozens of bathrooms, but only one of them actually worked. Her later in life, when she was getting older and had like a private nurse, she made it so that the door of her functional it was, you know, like a big bathroom that has like a separate water closet, like toilet room. She made it so mm-hmm. the door to the room with the toilet was clear glass so that her nurse could like check on her and make sure she hadn't died on the toilet. Oh my God. Oh my God. Yeah. Uh, it looks like something a pervert designed. <laughs> she, um, she had a stained glass window designed by Tiffany, like, you know, the lamp guy. <laughs> So And he designed it so that when the sunlight would strike it, it would create this, like, prismatic rainbow effect so that it looked like all these beautiful rainbow crystal shards were, like, falling all over the floor. But she put the window in a room that didn't have any exterior walls out to, like, the outside. (laughs) Um, So nobody could see it. She had another room that had, like, prismatic wallpaper that was totally boarded up for a long time and, like, nobody knew about until, I think maybe five or ten years ago. Um, There was this whole kind of kerfluffle. This new guy became the manager, and he found all of these secret rooms that only the employees knew about. And they were like, don't tell anyone about these rooms. Like, these are, you know, special for us, and the visitors can't come here. But he was like, no, this shit rules. We have to show this to people. So I think, like, they have it on kind of a rotating schedule where if you go visit, you don't necessarily always see the same rooms. Like, they'll open two or three up at a time and then close them and then open, like, two or three more different ones so that you can go repeatedly and, like, have a different experience every time, which is cool. Um, So you can go visit. You can go visit it. It's a fairly popular tourist attraction in San Jose. Um... We should probably look at, like, Google reviews. I'm interested to know if people <laughs> felt that it was haunted. They, um, I was trying to look at their restaurant menu. I guess they have, like, a, a little bar that you can go to. Um, and they have, like, a stub page on their website that just says elegant restaurant. <laughs> but <laughs> it does not appear to be, like, open. Even, like, pre-COVID, I'm not certain that it, uh, it has ever been operational. In spite of all of the conjecture about why she built this house. There's very little known about her actual beliefs. There's almost no record kept of like who she was, you know, no writing of hers, uh, no direct quotes attributed to her, not clear whether or not she actually had guilt over rifle sales or if that was uh, a rumor that was invented later. Cause it sounds cool and prosaic and it gives kind of a good explanation. Um, so no one knows her real purpose behind building the house. She was apparently very well liked by staff members. She paid them well over minimum wage. Um, she made a lot of anonymous charitable contributions during her life. She was apparently pretty easygoing and jovial. She was like extre- an extreme shut-in. She would not let anyone take her pictures. And apparently one time Teddy Roosevelt came to visit the house and she wouldn't let him in. <laughs> 
Whoa. She's like, not. Nah. But she did let Harry Houdini visit. Um, nice. <laughs> a lot of the conjecture has to do with the fact that she was doing all of this around the time that spiritualism was, like, huge in the United States and people were getting really into seances. And people believe that maybe Harry Houdini went to try to, like, debunk some of the claims that spiritualists and psychics had made about the house. Um there's this one room that's called like the witch's knob or something that's like this partially unfinished really cool looking attic room that apparently like if you stand in the middle of it you can project your voice down like onto the sides Whoa. and mm. there's like a rumor that people used to hold seances there and it was like a way of you know throwing your voice and making it seem like the ghosts were coming from behind you or something um so people think harry harry houdini was very into like debunking spiritualists so there are people who think maybe he went there um to like investigate claims that it was haunted uh, or that, you know, spiritualists were operating successfully there. Whoa, that's an ugly house. (laughs) I kind of like it. I think it's ugly in an endearing way. And I love a, like a Victorian gingerbread house. Um, Arguably it's like maybe too big. (laughs) It looks like a German Disneyland. Yeah. It does have a bit of like a rat house vibe. Like a, or like a, kind of like a brewery or something. Yeah. There's something like distinctly Bavarian. I think maybe it's because it's like mustard yellow and red. Why? Like the choices that were made here. So do you think that there were really ghosts or do you think she was just a little weird? And if she was weird, was she weird because she thought there were ghosts or was there like something else going on with her? There's a ghost adventures episode. There's a Ghost Adventures about it. I bet yeah. that's worth watching. Oh, yeah. It's got to be. I love Bagans, you know? Anytime Bagans is in the picture, I am there. Is that your guy? Yeah, he's my guy. I just relate to him. It's so hard to get up in the morning and get yourself a glove. But thanks to Summer of Glove, I just pop it in the blender and off I go. Last month, I actually got an entire box of paper gloves. And they're like the consistency of like tissues so like they rip every time I touch anything but like it's made my morning routine so much easier and the great thing is that summer of glove was developed by MIT students they pursued their passion and that's a subscription box for one or more glove and sometimes even mitten they sent me a mitten with no thumb and I thought how am I gonna do anything wearing this glove this is just a big thick sock but here's the thing even though it's summer I still wear that mitten glove with no thumb every single day and it helps me so much because it's like it's like carrying my own little pillow around it's it, I, I wear it on the subway I wear it in the airport I wear it when I'm traveling when we do live shows I wear that mitten glove everywhere how do they know you know it must have been because I prefer Chardonnay I don't know those MIT kids are brilliant use our code bimbo at checkout for your first glove, 50% off. And not half the money, just half of a glove. Hey, I have a question. Yeah. Why does my right eye keep twitching? It's been twitching all day. Oh, is this Sarah's The Doctor Again podcast? Yeah, yeah. Sarah. Um, your happens? eye is twitching because you drink too much caffeine or because you're sleep deprived? Oh, both. Cool. So there you go. <laughs> I've had two pots of coffee and like four hours of sleep. Yeah. That's why your eye is twitching. Why don't you sleep more? I can't. I've been having a why problem. Not? I don't you, know. I you need can't. to exercise more every day. You'll sleep better. <laughs> what? 
That no, that is true, true because I have not been getting any exercise whatsoever, and I I go to bed at three and then I wake up at six and I feel horrible. Yeah, that's very bad. But Sarah, don't interrupt me. I'm talking. Yeah, um, Sarah. <laughs> find excuses to leave your house, park your car further away than you need to in the parking lot, so you walk more, and just take a fucking walk around the block. It will do a lot for your mental health. No, I, it's like 95 degrees every day here. It's it, horrible. There's nowhere to I go. Know. Also, you can't go anywhere here with like I'm fortunate to live in like a neighborhood that has like some like bong stores and and like <laughs> a used CD store in it. You don't have to go anywhere. Just like truly, if you're like about to take a shower and you're in, you know, it's okay to get sweaty and gross. Just take a walk around the block before you go take a shower. Ew. Okay, but there's a park. I don't like looking at the park. Does that? Do you guys get that? I don't like looking at the parks. Why don't you like it? Why is it there? It's such a bad use of land. <laughs> this it's is like, a, like the opposite of a numtot take. What is this? It's like two square city blocks of just trees. All right, Elon a, Musk. Hill, what do you want? Like a tube? A ta- yeah, I want a big metal tube there. What instead. goes in the tube? Can you think about how amazing it would be if there's an enormous metal tube on across two square city blocks? It would be it would be a worldwide landmark. People would be like, what the hell is that tube? And nobody would know. Is this like how you love the bean? I do love the bean. I know. You're the only I, person I know who loves the bean. I had so much fun when I visited Chicago, and every time I had the opportunity to talk to a local about the bean, I did. You posted many pictures from the bean. Like, why are you here? Oh, I'm here for the bean. Yeah, like every single... I'm here every for the bean. They do not have a sense of humor about the bean, let me tell Or maybe they've just heard it before, but like... You know, just like, why are you here? Oh, I'm here for the bean, you know? Like, <laughs> like I love the bean. I'm here to, like, what are you guys going to do today? I'm going to the bean. I'm thinking about becoming, like, a rockabilly guy. <laughs> like, like the moment I hit 30, like, grease my hair. leather. I already have the leather, the perfect leather jacket for it. It has, like, a spiky belt Ooh. on it. Like, permanently attached to it. I'm thinking about getting, like, a Misfits tattoo. Maybe I'll get a motorcycle. Maybe I'll die in a motorcycle accident. That would be so Ooh. funny. I'm, like, kind of bummed out that I missed the window for getting a Misfits tattoo. Like, you can't get a Misfits tattoo, I think, when you're older than 25. And I really I know, should have right? gotten one back when it wouldn't have been totally stupid for me to be getting one. Like, it wouldn't be stupid for me to have one now, but it would be really stupid for me to get one now, you know? When when I was, like, 18 through 22, like, I really wanted a Misfits t-shirt. But I thought it was, like, I was, like, so punk that, or I thought I was, like, too punk to like buy one that was new it's like i'm not gonna just like go to hot topic and buy a misfits shirt that's lame so like i was just like someday i'll like make one out of like glue (laughs) or something and i never did well i'll probably be back in maryland in august probably the end of august but i don't know because we don't know if we're gonna be going back in person or not like no one oh yeah michael asked me what you're gonna do if teaching isn't in person I don't know. And I said, and I said, why would I care? (laughs) (laughs) I know people are like, are you still in New York? It's like, yes. Yeah. But that's why COVID spread. It's because a bunch (laughs) of people who were occupying neighborhoods in New York just like left to their hometowns in like Ohio. And now everybody's blaming the South. Oh yeah. Michael Michael Barbaro Enemy of the pod, 
an enemy of me personally. I have never. Okay, he is a man with a podcast. I have never listened to his podcast. It's a New York Times podcast, right? The Daily. The the Daily. Daily. Michael Barbaro. My name is Michael Barbaro. Enemy of the pod. He has tiny little round glasses. He looks like someone that Hannibal Lecter would kill. He posted (laughs) something on Twitter. It was this was months ago. This was like early in the pandemic. That was a like COVID spread map, and it just said, in a word, the South, which oh was like, God. yeah, of course, that's the kind of thing that makes my blood fucking boil. Talk about having an eye twitch. I he, I got so upset. I, there's nothing I hate more than fucking coastal elites talking <laughs> shit about the South. Michael Barbaro, who has probably never been in the South except maybe to like report fucking sanctimoniously from it. Or maybe he was, like, in the Atlanta airport once. Right, right, right. Yeah. Someone, like, overlaid the map that he had shown with a map of food deserts and was like, hey, dumbass, do you know that there are, like, a lot of places in America where you have to drive in order to get your groceries? Like, it was a map that was showing, like, are people so- social distancing? And they were apparently using, like, GPS data to track how far people were traveling in their cars, which is like, yeah, yeah you like... When I'm in Indiana and I'm social distancing, but I'm seeing both of my parents, I have to drive 10 miles to see either one of them or to go to the grocery store. Like, that's not an accurate measure of whether people are socially distancing at all. No, that's how far away you live from your job and the grocery store. But I can see why someone who lives in New York City or any big city wouldn't understand that, you know? Um, anyway, fuck Michael Barbaro. I hope he goes to hell. <laughs> He's the worst reporter in the world. His glasses look stupid. Uh, yeah, fuck you, Michael Barbaro. Do we need to say anything else about the Winchester Mystery House? Did we, like, speculate enough? Fucking horrible children. What kind of gloves do you think that the lady Winchester would wear? Um, doily glove. Doily glove? <laughs> doily glove. Yeah, I've got a question Fine about the Winchester lady. Yeah. Did she look like a big gun? <laughs> yeah. Well, you didn't scare me. Can you say some more things to scare me? No, because, you know, I are there ghosts in this big-ass house? Maybe. Are there not ghosts? And Why did she just... have staff? I mean, what were it was just her. Was anyone else living at the house? No, not like family-wise. She didn't have any family because her husband and her kid died. Yeah. It was just, you her know, kid like got thinnered. cooks. Yeah, her kid got thinnered. Uh, no, it's just like her and her staff. I mean, the thing about it that's a little unsatisfying is that there's so much of it is conjecture and there's very little that's actually known about her. So I think it would take me like going to the house to maybe feel like I had more of a sense of why she did what she did uh, and whether or not the ghost theory holds any water or if there was maybe another reason why she was... Uh, building continuously onto her house for 36 years. You know, that could be a Victorian-era unchecked mental illness that today we would have a name for. Uh, It could be a very unusual expression of grief because, you know, grief takes many forms. If I had that kind of money to throw around, um, I think I'd build a lot of weird shit. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I did think... People need a purpose in life, and if you have a lot of money and you don't really know, like, what to do with yourself or what your life should be about, maybe, you know, subconsciously you just kind of pick a thing and that becomes your purpose and it's your driving force that motivates you. And is there like her, a, it was... Is there a precedent for other people doing this kind of thing? Like, was she the first person to do something like this? 
she's the only person I know of, but you know, there might be, there are certainly people who like later in life or after a traumatic event, you know, divorced themselves from their normal context and went to go uh, build something really weird. But I don't know of any other cases of someone like continuously building a house. Well, maybe that's not true. There are some like interesting outsider art people who, you know, like started covering their house in seashells or like started home self-building a really crazy structure. I think there's a guy somewhere who's like trying to build this cathedral completely by hand and has been doing it for like decades. The guy in Italy? Yeah. And the guy in Florida with the Coral Castle? Yeah, there. I mean, there are people like this. and But some of it for them is like, if they had enough money, they would probably be able to finish. They're just like, it's taking them a long time because they're building it completely by hand. I think and there's like an innate like desire them. to just like build whack shit. Like Bishop's yeah. Castle <laughs> in Colorado, if I showed you that place. Yeah, we talked about that place one time. Yeah, my friend... Oh, yeah, I think we talked on the podcast before, but my friend Patrick and I went, and it's just, like, stairs leading up till, you till like, you cannot walk anymore. Or, like, House on the Rock in Wisconsin is kind of like that. It's this guy who was, you know, like, in a private competition with Frank Lloyd Wright that Frank Lloyd Wright, like, did not know or care about, who <laughs> started building, like, an insane house uh, and then, you know, made, like started fabricating all this stuff that he said, like, oh, this is a Tiffany lamp or, like, this is a Diamond Jubilee, like, you know, tiara from the queen. And it was all stuff that he was like fabricating in these weird labs. He, so he had these like extensive, extensive collections of forgeries. Whoa. Um, and it like more. never stopped until he died. I'll tell me more about house on the rock. I've never been. You guys have neither of you ever been to house on the rock? No, I would highly, highly, highly recommend house on the rock. So you go in, it's in spring green, Wisconsin. I've been to like, the hard rock cafe. He was, like, neighbors with Frank Lloyd Wright and was very... It's this guy named Alex Jordan. He was very jealous of Frank Lloyd Wright, so he started building his own house, which was on this, like, big giant boulder in Spring Green, like, out in the middle of nowhere. And the house itself is, like, when you go to visit House on the Rock, you go through the house first, and the house is crazy. It's, like, kind of this 70s, like, modular home, but it's, like, built into the side of a rock and covered in, like, shag carpeting and really, really strange, twisting and turning. There's this crazy part that's, like, um... What is the word for when something is hanging? Cantilevered. There's this, like, cantilevered infinity room that goes out into nowhere, but it has, like, um, forced perspective where you feel like it continues forever when you're, like, looking out into it. Um, so you go through the house, and the house is crazy, but then you start going through all of his collections, and there's, like, this entire warehouse complex of, like, crazy shit. There's this, uh, the world's biggest merry-go-round that's what it's called the world's biggest indoor merry-go-round is there and it has all this it's like mannequins that doesn't have any horses everything on it is some kind of like phantasmagorical nightmare creature <laughs> um there are all these like self-playing instruments that you go through like a whole room where um it's a bunch of like automatic instruments that play when you put money in a box but a lot of it is fake like much of the house on the rock is like illusion it's not really what it seems to be um that's interesting because Frank Lloyd, Frank Lloyd Wright did nothing of the sort. No, no, no. All the like extremely modernist architect, but yeah, pretty all, basic. All of his collections are like kind of a separate thing. The house is what's like has the kind of Frank Lloyd Wright esque thing, um, but most of House on the Rock is like 
really insane collections. There's, like, this whole room full of really crazy cars. It has one of those, like, Streets of Tomorrow, like, painstaking recreation, Streets of Yesterday, painstaking recreations of, like, a, you know, 1800s, like, cobblestone street with shops and stuff, Um, a bunch of dollhouses, just, like, some things that are really are collections of stuff that he found all around the country and all around the world, and some stuff that he made to appear to be, like, antique and isn't. And you go through it, and it's, like, incredibly overwhelming. It's, like, full sensory overload. It takes you hours to walk through the whole place, and it's, like, collection after collection after collection. Uh, there's one room that has, like, a five-story high, four-story high um, giant whale, like, fighting with an octopus. Cool. I don't know. There's really no way to explain House on the Rock, and I feel like kind of the less you know about it, the better if you go to it without much information it, it uses just kind of, geothermal power does it yeah that's so I cool didn't know that. yeah i i would say if you're ever if you ever have occasion to go to wisconsin go to house on the rock devote at least four hours to it uh don't research it too much you will have a great time and you will be extremely confused see this is what me and michael's compound is gonna look like <laughs> yeah go to house on the rock for compound inspiration it's a great idea I just want to invite artists to come and, like, make shit on our property. Yeah, and keep it there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah um, Dylan, you're the first artist coming to the residency. I'm going to do a big residency. <laughs> a big one? <laughs> yeah, It'll be I'm going to do the, the biggest residency anybody's ever done. Nice. So, what are you going to make? What are you going to build? Dude, I'm going to make, like, um, I'm going to get a bunch of old cars, and then I'm just going to leave them there. Art cars? Yeah, they're just gonna be a bunch of like old looking cars. Whoa. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna leave them in front of your house, like like in a field. I'm talking like ten or twelve of them, like a bunch. You're gonna turn of my house into a junkyard. Well, and then I'm gonna get a big fence and put it around the cars, and then I'm gonna have a little gate in front of the fence with a booth, and I could charge people to come in and pick through the cars for parts, and then I'll get <laughs> I'll get some stray dogs and I'll put them in there with the cars, and then. And then uh, if people need to get rid of their cars, I'll give them like 50 bucks and they can take their old car. And then, but then I'll charge people more money to come in. Um, we should promote the quiz because we never remember to promote the quiz on the actual episodes. What's, what quiz? What kind of glove will you wear? <laughs> what kind of gas shall haunt your mansion? Oh, yeah. Check out bimbosummitpodcast.com to take this week's personality quiz. Thank you so much. Please rate us five stars or, like, whatever you want. Leave a comment. Say, what's up, Dylan? Say, what's up, Sarah? Say, what's up, Izzy? Just write your name. I don't know. Just leave a comment. I like to see it. I'm really bored, you know? And it's, like, it's like nice. It's, like, oh, my God, are there people out there? That's crazy. What? Yeah. yeah, go so to like, Apple Podcasts, rate how many stars. We don't really care. And matter. then say, hi, Dylan. Yeah, or yeah. just write your full name. <laughs> We're still in our pre-planning phase for the spring tour. So if you want us to come to your city, hit us up, applepodcasts.com. Or, like, it's an app, I guess, so just click on it on your phone. We're planning our tour next month, despite COVID. So go to Apple Podcasts, rate us five stars, and comment what city you're in and where you want us to be. So your message should read, Hi, Dylan. Your full name and then the name of the city. So, for example, it would for me it would be, Hi Dylan, Dylan, Dayton, Ohio. Perfect. I think they'll be able to follow that. Yeah. 
I love you guys. Yeah, I love you too. I don't know who you are, and I'm worried that some of you are Canadian. Uh, but that's fine. Mm. Marry us. Let's get, let's get let's get some citizenship. Yeah, if you're Canadian, can you marry us? <laughs> Holy wait, God. wait, Sarah can't. Sarah's married. I'm married. If right. you're Canadian, can you marry Dylan or I so we can get health insurance? Seriously, I need medicine. <laughs> I'm really sick. Shout out to our nine listeners in Asia. Shout out to our one Icelandic listener. Shout out to our two English listeners. Shout out to several people in Canada. We're sorry. If we've you're been a Canadian, so will you marry me so I can get my tooth fixed? Seriously, <laughs> I have a. One of my molars is just destroyed, but it's going to cost, like, my net worth to fix it. One time I paid a guy $80 to fill my cavity, and it came right out. Right. (laughs) That would never happen in Canada. So, if you're Canadian, why don't you marry me, and let's get that cavity filled. I took fish antibiotics once because I got an infection because I couldn't afford to go to the doctor. I took, you know, when you go to the the pet store and you can buy this, it's like amoxicillin, but it's for fish. Yeah. (laughs) I did that once. Yeah. So please, if you're Canadian, we're not all bad people down here. It's just kind of a rough time. Mary Dylan, you don't want him to have to eat fish again. I don't want to eat fish again. <laughs> With this. Bye. Goodbye, Bye. beautiful listeners. Bye. Love you guys. Love you. Bye. Summer of Glove only sends you gloves in the summer. May through August, you will get a glove. Every other month, you pay, but here's the thing. You're a a glove member. So you get a little card in the mail that shows you some new gloves. And you tick off gloves that you're interested in, and you mail it back to them. And then that way, come May, they know you even better. And here's the best part. It's only $17.99 a month. $17.99 a month. That's it for the full year. That comes to $262.00. Which I know, you guys, sounds like a lot for gloves. Remember, some gloves are perishable. Make sure to store in the freezer or refrigerator after opening glove. Make sure to select the cleaning kit option at checkout. It's only $28.99 and you get special glove cleaning brush, glove cleaning spray. It smells like lemon. Glove cleaning ultralight beam. (laughs) Make sure your glove stays as fresh as the day you got it. Whether wet, pointy, dry, or sand, Get the glove you need. Shop now and spread the glove at summerofglove.biz. I love my glove cleaning spray. 